wake up. It's Tony Sincata from the Daily Roto Podcast. And, of course, we've got a big, big Friday happening right here in the world of daily fantasy sports. The biggest thing going, of course, is the NBA just gets more and more confusing as the season winds down. I sense that a lot of people are not playing basketball as they were to start off the season. Of course, daily fantasy basketball. But that being said, there's a couple of guys in there going at it. Drew Dinkmeyer lost his mind the other night. Uh, last night, of course, with about 30 different lineup changes that were going on uh, throughout the night. The email updates from our premium service at dailyroto.com. Absolutely one of the best. And they were just knocking it out of the park. And Drew was getting all the updates out for the people. And we <laughs> were rocking it out of the park. And it was interesting I was able. I only played one tournament. We've been so busy at, at things going on at DailyRoto.com, of course, RotoExperts.com, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, and then uh, my kids at CCD. To be honest, in the NBA, there's like 42 guys out. So I played in the million dollar tournament over at FanDuel. I was able to cash, but I was eliminated by Michael Beasley from uh, you know getting a big payday, and I, it, it was one of those nights where. Eric Bledsoe was a guy that I thought was going to have a huge night. Uh, Bledsoe came on, uh, came on late in the game, but it was an absolute struggle watching him get up and down those points. So I finished strong with Demarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe in the late action, and it was absolutely uh, great to uh, at least come in the money, double your money there, double the money, double the fun, double the pleasure. Something about something gum is the way it used to go right there, and uh, it was awesome to see how that happened and. Uh, it's better than a stick in the eye is the old way I could go about and what I can say about that. So April 6th is a big day in Daily Fantasy, the rebirth of a new season. I think we all get fired up and we recharge our batteries from a Daily Fantasy perspective. Anytime we can rebirth a new season, we get Major League Baseball. Of course, it kicks off Sunday night, April 5th, with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. But where it's only one night in that game, uh, you can absolutely jump on board and you figure, hey, one game, i got to watch for pleasure. And while you're watching that game for pleasure, you can do a little research on your daily fantasy lineup for the following day. Now, I'm over at DraftKings.com, and I'm looking at what's going on for pricing for the first day. Now, Clayton Kershaw gets an opportunity to pitch at Dodger Stadium against the new revamped San Diego Padres. And his salary is 12400 in this one. And, of course, Max Scherzer also going uh, for the Nationals, 11500 uh, against the New York Metropolitans at home in Washington. And in a great pitches ballpark, Felix Hernandez gets the L.A. Angels at 11000 And David Price gets the Minnesota Twins in Detroit, 10400 And then last year, Cy Young winner Corey Kluber at 9800 and Tanaka, of course, 9,700 against the Toronto Blue Jays there. So those are the big names there. And it's interesting, only $900 separation between Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer. Uh, both would be a good opportunity for strikeouts in those contests. Uh, if you're going to play a little uh, you know, cheaper or in two-pitcher formats, if you're the type of guy that absolutely spreads it out, uh, some of the guys you'll be looking at, 
in that matchup, of course, uh, on opening day would be Yodano Ventura getting the Chicago White Sox a team with strikeout in Kansas City, a big ballpark there. But when you talk about a guy that strikes out, he doesn't strike out too much. He's a guy that absolutely gets it done. You know him in the daily fantasy industry as Al Smizzle. Al Seidenfeld, how are we doing today? I can't complain. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm a little excited for uh, all that's going on in the world of daily fantasy. And, Al, i got to tell you, you're doing something right now uh, that's absolutely off the charts. Uh, the daily fantasy boot camp, you're going on a world tour, and you've already got two sellouts. I, I, did you ever think this was possible in the world of daily fantasy? Well, I mean, we kind of put this together right around FSTA time, and we said we're going to do this. I said if we're going to do it, we really got to kick it off for baseball season. So the response has been absolutely outstanding. We priced it at a point where there was a lot of value for the customer. And as you said, two of the three camps have already sold out, Los Angeles and Chicago. Chicago, the the response in Chicago is absolutely amazing. In fact, we have about as many people on the waiting list as we have sold tickets. So the response there was amazing. And we just have a couple of tickets left for Denver. So that one's on the verge of selling out as well. So like I said, the response has been outstanding. Really excited to get going. The first one is going to be this Saturday uh, with your own Drew Dinkmeyer. is going to be one of the presenters, one of the speakers at our camp. Yeah, and of course you've got an illustrious list of people associated with this project. Peter Jennings, of course, uh, any guy, I always refer to him as the puppet that is on the DraftKings commercial because I would love to have someone make some sort of object of me. Uh, so I'm a little bit jealous of Peter there. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, Mike Leone involved, uh, Ryan Lindy, Drew Dinkmar, David Kitchen, uh, Justin Van Zieden, and Mike Petta, Derek Fonsworth, and Jonathan Bale. So you've got a great crew here. Now, what are some mm-hmm. of the things that people will be coming out to your event, and what will they learn? Well, we're going to go through a bunch of different topics, uh, and everybody's basically, all the speakers are going to focus on kind of their area of of expertise because people want to see these guys, they want to hear them speak, and they want to know what they know. So I'm going to be talking about, I'm speaking at all three camps. In the first camp, I'm going to be talking about GPP strategy. Uh, I was the tournament player of the year in 2013, so I think I have a little bit of something to say uh, about tournaments and how to help people out with that. Dave Kitchen is going to be talking about bankroll management. Drew and Mike are going to be talking about using advanced metrics on how they use them in their model for baseball. Uh, Hoop, who is uh, Mike Petta, is going to be speaking about cash game strategy because he's basically a cash game player. He doesn't really dabble in the tournaments as much. He might throw one lineup in there, but he focuses on head-to-heads and 50-50s and has been extremely successful at that. So he's going to talk people through how to be a cash game grinder. So basically everybody's talking about the things that they're kind of known for within the industry. So when you come out to a boot camp, you're going to be getting very pertinent knowledge from these guys in their exact area of expertise. So people have asked me, you know, should I come if I'm a beginner? Should I come if I'm an intermediate player? I play all the time. I play high stakes. I play low stakes. And to me, the answer is you're going to learn something at these. And I'm going to be attending all three. I'm going to be a speaker at all three. Obviously, I started the company, so I have to be there for all of them. But by the end of these three boot camps, I'm going to go out on a limb and guarantee that I'm going to be a better player just by hearing all of these guys talk. I'm going to pick up something from everybody because it doesn't matter how advanced you think you are as a player, you will get better by talking and listening to other advanced players. 
Speaking of Al Zeidenfeld, you can go to dailyfantasybootcamp.com and get all the information on this great, great event. Uh, hopefully it'll be coming uh, to a theater near you. i got to ask you, so you're doing so well with three. Uh, are we starting the planning stages of more events? Yeah, we already have uh, started looking into cities for NFL. Mostly uh, we're going to stick to preseason camps to get people ready for the upcoming season of sports. So these three camps are basically baseball-specific camps. So whatever we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking about it and how it pertains to making you a better daily fantasy baseball player. Now in August, we're going to be kicking off some NFL camps. We're going to hit some of the, uh, maybe one of the same cities I mentioned. We'll probably be going back to Chicago because the response there was so great. We're going to probably hit some other cities, maybe hit the South, Nashville, or Orlando, maybe go to Texas with Dallas. We've had a good response there. And we're probably going to hit New York City as well. And maybe even a Vegas camp on opening weekend of, of NFL. So, And those will be focused on football skills and how you translate, you know, being a DFS player, if you just came in in baseball and haven't played NFL yet, how you're going to translate to daily fantasy. Or if you played last season or a couple of seasons of NFL already, how can you use the knowledge we have to make you a better player than you are now? So, We'll be doing that. We'll also be doing a couple of NBA camps. And then all the videos of the speakers. You know, We're going to have a professional film crew on site filming all of the different presentations. Those will be recorded and put up on the website for subscribers to view. Uh, they can also be purchased for like an a la carte. You know, if you're not a subscriber, you can say, you know, this is the one guy I want to see speak. You can just purchase that one video. You know what's interesting, Al, is there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that you're from the yearly league and they know who I am from Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio mm-hmm. and a lot of the things. And they haven't dipped their toe in the water. How did you first get started uh, in daily fantasy? I mean, I was a season-long player, too. And, I mean, I'm 42 years old this May. And I've been playing since I was 13. So I had been playing for, you know, 20-some-odd years, 26, 27, before I started playing daily fantasy in April of 2012. Uh, basically, opening day of baseball that year was I'd made the decision I'm going to start playing because, and it's funny, but ego. You know, I I was an avid listener of uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I listened to your show. I listened to Jeff Manz's show. I listened, listened to the baseball guys and Kyle and Ray and, and everybody else on the channel. And to some extent, you know, a lot of us have the ego that, you know, I know as much as these guys know. I think I can compete with these guys and you guys are doing a lot of on-air reads for you know daily fantasy and DraftKings and FanDuel and everything else and I said well if they're playing here I, I think I should try and go compete here and that's kind of how I got into it and I had a little success early and uh, it just kind of mushroomed a little bit and then before I knew it I was one of the guys on Sirius XM giving advice myself. It's absolutely amazing how that that can happen. So I got, I got to ask you now for the for the new listener out there, right? Who's thinking about it? What was the f- one mistake you think you made uh, that you can alert the daily fantasy player to? This, it's the same thing that got me into it. Ego is your your best friend in charging you to into action, and it's also your biggest enemy. You know, you have to feel confident about yourself. You know, know that you know information you're good at. If you're the guy who dominates your friends and family league, you're also going to be the guy who's going to be one of the next superstars in daily fantasy sports. However, you have to respect the fact that the guys have already been here doing it for a while. Know what they're doing. And there is a learning curve to daily fantasy. 
so even if you're a, a season-long superstar, you're not necessarily going to hit the ground running in daily. So be respectful of the people that are already there and doing it well, because there is something that you can learn from everybody. It's very interesting, because I hear the same story from the best players, like the whole thing is learning from other people. And I know Drew Dankmar is the same way, and he felt like the same way. There were people there, and he talks about putting his 60 bucks in and getting killed and then putting my money back yeah. and trying to figure out how to go about it. So with all that, that said, what would you give advice as far as, say you're a casual player, you're going to play one or two games mm-hmm. a night. Is there a number uh, for a bankroll that you need in? And secondly, if you're going to come in, you're going to go full steam, which is probably not advice we'd give anyone. But if you were to do it and you're going to play at all these GPPs, what kind of bankroll, an estimation, would a person need to compete at that level? Well, it's going to depend on how much you want to put in play at night. The general rule is, you know, whatever your bankroll is, never put more than one-tenth of it in play on a given day of daily fantasy baseball so that you can kind of withstand the swings. And that way your amount in play can also fluctuate as your bankroll grows and shrinks. Uh, so if you have, you know, X and you put, you know, one-tenth of X in play and you win, now your bankroll is Y. Your next day you can put in one-tenth of Y as a maximum. Uh, to try and grow it and, or shrink it as as the swings go in daily fantasy. But the thing is, you don't have to do daily fantasy as a professional, as somebody. This is what pays for my rent and for my for my food and clothes my children. Uh, for me, I'm a hobbyist, you know. And, and there's a lot of people that play for all of those things that play for rent. But most of the people that play play as a hobby, and you can play very seriously as a hobby, which is what I did with season long for years and years and years. Uh, so really, it's something that when you get into it, get into it with the idea of having a lot of fun. This is something that you're going to do and to, to enjoy yourself on an evening. Instead of going out to the movies and paying 20 or $30 when you go out to the movies, you, know, you can put that money, your entertainment budget, into having fun with Daily Fantasy that evening. If you start with that, and then you find success with that, then maybe you can look into, should I be doing this a little bit more seriously? But really, the majority of people that play Daily Fantasy are hobbyists, uh, and I understand that aspect in the sense that as, as seriously as I play and as much content as I provide and you know, as much knowledge as I've seeked out to be a better player in this game, I don't rely on my winnings in Daily Fantasy to put food on the table. So... I'm a hobbyist just like a lot of other people are hobbyists. I just play bigger. So, one, stay within yourself. Stay within your bankroll. Never put in the middle what you can't afford to lose. You know, And really look at it as a way to enhance the entertainment value of you playing fantasy sports. Because you know, I've played season-long for a long time, especially with baseball. And I played in keeper leagues, played in redraft leagues, and... You know, you get to May, June, end of June, half your league is mostly not playing anymore. (laughs) You know, anybody that's had bad injuries, people aren't really grinding it out all the time. It's a great time for people to start getting involved in daily fantasy baseball when they've kind of lost their desire for their season league, their seasonal league, their season long league. It's a great time for people to get involved with daily fantasy and kind of dabble around. Obviously, the biggest time is the beginning of the year. But like I said, look at it as a way to enjoy baseball in a different manner and kind of look at it as a way to possibly monetize 
the, the useless information that's bouncing around in your head that you've studied this long for all of your drafts, well, you know more about these fringe players than the common person, and Daily Fantasy is a great place to try and monetize that. You listen to Al Zeidenfeld's Daily Roto Podcast with Tony Cicada. Of course, if you play a Daily Fantasy, you know him as Al Smizzle. You hear him at Roto Grind. Is do- Roto Grind is live. You're on DKTV, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. <laughs> He's absolutely getting it done. So I'm going to ask you a question that people always ask me concerning Drew Dinkmeyer. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't ask Drew, but they ask me. All right. Mm-hmm. If you guys are so good and you're making so much money, which it appears to be, why mm-hmm. would you give the listener or the reader your information, why don't you keep it for yourself? Uh, I've always been a teacher at heart. It's just the way that I am. I coached basketball for a lot of years. I enjoy talking about sports. As I said you know, before, it's like I spoke about sports for the first 38 years of my life completely free, and now people write me a check to do it. So this is, I'm living the dream, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It, I think it goes back one step further, and I tell people this all the time. You mentioned the word ego. People don't understand how hard, and you did it in a, a short time, so I commend you on it. It took me like 10 years to get to this level. So uh, here's the thing is that we worked really hard to get ourselves on the radio, get ourselves on TV, mm-hmm. and do these live events that I would never not give anyone great advice. I'd rather be right on these shows than I would in my daily fantasy lineup that, that night because I put so much work and so much sweat equity into this that you want to give the best information to the public. I mean, for me, it's like I've always valued that as well. My friends would always tell you, it's like, you know, Al, more than anything else in life, Al just wants to be right. And I can understand that about myself. I get that. For me, it's just I enjoy the process. You know, I enjoy doing the research during the day. I enjoy bantering about it with somebody else. Obviously, I have my own personal career goals that I want to see, that I want to get to, you know, through all of the stuff that I'm doing. But it's cathartic, you know, and it it helps me with my own research because otherwise, you know, I'm a married father of of two young guys, you know, two young boys, three-year-old and a five-year-old, and if I was just doing this research by myself, none of my friends really play daily fantasy or play that seriously. My friends that I've made in DFS, you know, Peter Jennings and Drew Dinkmeyer and Mike Leone and all those guys that I've met along the way, you know, mostly through doing these shows, uh, and, and appearing at these live finals and everything else, uh, has made I've made friends that do it. But none of my real close friends that I had before Daily Fantasy play Daily Fantasy. So it was kind of an isolating thing to go through the research on my own. So doing the shows gives me somebody else to kind of bounce ideas off of back and forth. And I, I just always looked at it like, well, I'm just talking to this guy, you know, about an hour before lineups lock about what I expect to happen tonight. And then there's other people that get to kind of watch the conversation, you know, however many viewers or listeners we're blessed to have on that day. They just kind of are flies on the wall to this conversation between me and whoever my co-host is that day. Speaking with Al Zadenfeld, you can check him out at Daily Fantasy Boot Camp and uh, absolutely take part in this football events that have come out. Hopefully, you know, send Al emails, uh, kill him on Twitter, tell him to come to your city, uh, and maybe they'll, they'll throw you a bone. Come out to the city. If you've got a bunch of friends, I think that would uh, absolutely help the cause of getting this great event to your city. Al, I've got to ask you, I am shocked, mm-hmm. as you know, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, you listened, then you became part of it. We did, uh, 2010, I started there. We only talked about fantasy uh-huh. basketball 
it, during the draft season, and it would be like one or two yeah. seconds. Then all of a sudden, this year, Daily Fantasy Basketball made it all of a sudden relevant, and every show once an hour would cover Daily Fantasy Basketball, except the shows uh, that were designed for just baseball and just football. And, like, and I saw an explosion in Daily Fantasy Basketball. I mean, Fantasy Aces, they call, contacted me, and they said, Hey, Tony, we're thinking about having a live final. What do you think? And they said that I have 200 entries at 109. I said, uh, I hope you get 160 each night, and then they would come close to breaking even or something like that, and they, they expected to lose a little money. Well, they were selling out by noon on Fridays, the tournament. Yeah. I uh, went 200 to 250. Uh, we're talking about fantasy basketball on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm doing golf segments now on Sirius XM Fantasy <laughs> Sports Radio. I had an MMN, MMA guy. This is all because of Daily Fantasy. Did you think it would grow yeah. this quick? I I don't know that I knew it would grow this quick, but I did have kind of a two, three-year plan when I started with Roto-Grinders uh, in 2013 after I won the Draft Street Basketball Championship. Uh, I basically approached Dan Bach and said, look, uh, I kind of begged him for a spot on the show. I said, look, uh, I just did your, your podcast and you know, uh, after the basketball tournament, and I know you're doing this Grinders Live show, uh, I think I know where this industry is going from being a, a professional poker player before and watching that kind of mushroom and blow up. I kind of knew where the path was going to go. And I said, I, I went to school to be a broadcaster. I'd love to be on your show. I think I'd do a good job. Can you give me a trial? So he put me on the show, and then the rest has kind of followed along the path that I thought was going to happen, site sponsorships of players. Uh, I thought that it was going to get much more coverage on SiriusXM. One of my goals was to get on to SiriusXM once the industry got more legitimacy, and it, as you just stated, it definitely has. Uh, and then, obviously, I still think that there's steps for it to go, and it does look like those things are going to happen. But as you were saying about fantasy basketball becoming kind of a mainstream thing in terms of DFS, you know, a lot of people in DFS were, have been waiting for a, you know, a sea change, you know, the tipping point, when a DFS sport – would be more popular than the season-long version of that sport. And while that may never come in football and it may never come in baseball, I think it definitely has happened in fantasy basketball. You know, as you said, there was no time on the air given to season-long fantasy basketball except for maybe, you know, October, right two weeks before Halloween when people were doing some drafts and maybe you'd talk about it a little bit. And now we've got the Rotoglander show one hour before lineups lock in the middle of drive time in the afternoon, 6 to 7 Eastern time uh, on Sirius XM, and every other show talking about DFS basketball either in preparation for the evening, you know, even on your show in the morning uh, on Roto Experts, you guys talk about it and have a lot of segments about fantasy basketball. And even after lineups lock, they're kind of looking at the performance of what players have done that day. So as season-long fantasy basketball has kind of tapered off over the years, daily fantasy basketball, I actually think, has reached that sea change, that tipping point where DFS basketball is more popular than season-long fantasy basketball. You know, one of the aspects on one of my podcasts that got some buzz this week is uh, we were talking about DraftKings and, and FanDuel, and I was mentioning that at this point that I believe that no site has made a profit. And I had Nigel Eccles on prior uh, during the football season, and he talked about how he could have made a profit 
uh, last year, but they chose to really ramp up the advertising because the truth mm-hmm. is the money's in scale, that they wanted to go out and just get more players. And my my question was actually based on them raising the, the uh, general 10% rake across the industry to 20 so they would make a profit, and he didn't see any need in that. He just thought they needed more players, and they were going out after it. Now we've seen FanDuel uh, somewhat scale back these big prizes in their way. How do you see these million-dollar tournaments that DraftKings is having, the million-dollar live events that we've seen in the past from FanDuel, do you think those stay forever, or is there going to be a general scale back in the daily fantasy industry? I don't know. I think it might have been basketball uh, for, you know, they hadn't done a live final. Fandle didn't do a live final last year for basketball. And then this year, uh, after they made their deal with Star Street, they picked up the Playboy Mansion. So I think they did a live final there. And then they had their championship at the end of the season, which they're having in Miami, and they went with the same prize pool for both, million-dollar prize pool, $100,000 for first. Obviously, DraftKings went way bigger, and they went uh, like a $2 million with $1 million to first place. So it, I don't think that the big prizes are going away. I think what's going to happen is uh, you were at FSTA this year, right? Uh, I was January? not. No, I was okay, not. Okay, you, you were at the last one. You were at yeah. the last January because I, I remember doing an interview with you there. Uh this year they had the numbers, you know, they come out with this every single year at the January FSTA about how much the DFS industry has grown. And, you know, the growth in the industry has gone over the last four years, year-over-year year growth, 4X, 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 and 5X this year. You know, it's grown five times by the end of 2014 from where it was at the end of 2013 and four times each of the three previous years. And all of that growth has led now to of the 44 or 45 million fantasy sports players in America, only 5% of those play daily fantasy. So with all that growth, it's, it's only reached the point where 5% of the entire fantasy sports playing crowd is playing daily. Now, if that trend continues and it grows, let's say, three to five times where it was last year to this year, from December of 14 to December of 15, now you're going to be talking about, and they were giving out million-dollar prize, you know, first prize, basically every week of the season on DraftKings last year during football season, I don't see them going past that. Like, I don't think there's any marketing value in going from $1 million to $2 million. You know, you're not right. acquiring any more customers if somebody holds up a check that says $2 million versus somebody holding up a check that says $1 million. Correct. But if the industry grows by four times and now all of a sudden there's 20% of that 40 million, 44 million people playing daily fantasy by NFL season this year, I think you'll see the prize pools grow. I think you'll see that those million-dollar first-place prizes stay where they are, but the the prize pool or the payout curve will flatten out. So instead of going from one million to two hundred fifty thousand or one million to a hundred thousand, I think you're going to see like one million to like seven hundred thousand to five hundred thousand to three hundred fifty thousand. I think you're going to see a lot more people in these weekly GPPs in football winning six figures for like everybody in the top ten as opposed to just first and second place. So I think the growth is going to be shown throughout the payout curve as opposed to just the first place prizes. Great stuff from Al Zidenfeld. You can check him out, of course, over at Roto Grinders Live, your Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, but go over to DailyFantasyBootCamp.com and make sure you check out where they're going. In Los Angeles, Chicago, you probably need to go to StubHub to try to find a ticket from a scalper. In Denver, <laughs> they have a couple tickets left. It's going to happen April 11, 2015, if you want to be part of this. Al, I want to thank you for joining us today, and uh, I look forward to your continued success. 
Thanks for having me, Tony. Really appreciate it. There he is, Al Zadenfeld, knocking it out of the park. Guys, we're going to be taking off for the weekend, and of course I'll be back on Monday uh, bringing back some daily fantasy information as we get ready for the Major League Baseball season, uh, which upon us April 6th, a lot of big tournaments across the industry. So get all fired up. Check out DailyRoto.com. The forums are absolutely popping. People are out there in uh, daily fantasy hockey. I'm going to be totally honest. I have no idea what's going on, but I like to play once in a while, and I watch the game on TV. I used a lineup twice last week, cashed in two tournaments, so great job by the people in the forums at dailyroto.com. We're going to take off. Great interview from Al Zadenfeld. Make sure you go over there, check out what they got going on. They've got an all-star team of people over there helping them out and, and putting that together. So let's support them. Big thing for the daily fantasy industry. You want to keep that going. It's Tony Cicada from dailyroto.com. We're out of here. Thank you.